Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. Today, Ray and I are going to discuss um, something that came up in the office last week. He and I were talking about uh, urology practices and the reports they get, and he kind of threw out the fact that uh, he calls those the Madoff reports. And and I kind of wanted to get into that. Ray, why, why do you call those the Madoff reports? Ah, because they're misleading. All of you remember Bernie Madoff and all the reports he had in his big scam that took a lot of money away from people. Well, the reports you get at the end of the month, uh, which indicate how much you put on the books and how much you collected and what percent of what you should have collected according to the contracts. And many times that shows that's 98, 99% of what you should have collected. But there are two key issues that those reports may be wrong. All right. Money you should have collected that you didn't collect. All right, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about the uh, those two uh, the two re- the, the two hidden money losers. Um, what's the first one that you see commonly? Well, the first one I call the phantom losses. Those are the ones that are never actually captured in your reports. Uh, That is, uh, those services you provide that are not identified and not billed. And if they're not identified and they're not billed for, they never are entered into your computer. And so the reports does not know that that exists. (laughs) Well, that's interesting because how do you... How do you actually find that? How do you, if, if it doesn't exist and you, it's not on any report, how, are you, how do you find that? Well, you have to go back to the beginning. You have to audit the documentation and what was identified and what was billed. And we find it when we do chart audits for office practices or when we take over a practice, we initially take a look at what the doc reports they've done or what the office does and try to identify the code sets that may be missing, review the documentation, et cetera. And so that's what any practice would have to do is go back and really take a look at what was done, what should have been identified and billed. And, and how many practices do you think actually have this issue? Well, uh, most practices, particularly those in which the urologist has not taken the time to learn the system and know exactly what they should document when they provide a service and know how to tell the billers what should be billed and what should not be billed. And uh, so unless the doc understands it and is actually reporting those services or communicating closely with the billing department as uh, 
to how they should be billing for those things, you're going to miss some. Okay. Ballpark, how much are we talking about? Well, in the office, there's not really usually that much missed. Uh, yes, you miss some things when uh, maybe the nurse provides something and you provide something and and you don't report it all, or maybe there's a level of E&M service that you missed. But the big losses are at the hospital, the ASC, when you're providing a bigger procedure with multiple components to it. So if I'm if I want to find some of this, that's where I would start looking at the the bigger procedures and some of the out of yeah, some of the uh, out of office procedures, surgeries, those kind of things. Right. And and the best way to find it is review the documentation on some of the procedures that you do quite frequently. Go over it with the coders and billers, and you take a look at what you usually do, because there's usually a certain number of procedures that you perform when you provide a service. Those are called code sets, and and double-check to see if you're providing all of those and you're billing for them. Okay. Yeah, right. So whose responsibility is this really? (laughs) Well, <laughs> if you want to put it on the, the basic responsibility, it's the provider. Nobody knows what they did and why they did it any better than they do. And as you know, when you provide a major procedure, you may be providing four or five CPT codes. And some of those should be billed because they're not a component or a service provided to facilitate the main procedure. On the other hand, certain of those should not be billed because they were a component of the main procedure. So the idea is the physician and the coders to work together to really determine what should be billed and what should not be billed. So what type of system would you recommend uh, so that this doesn't happen? Well, that's what we call our best practices. And this is where we would actually develop a short list of the key procedures each physician performs in each location. And this is very easy to do in which you have the coders pick out, say, the 50 top procedures in each location. And then the physician and the coder sit down together and go over each one of those procedures with what the physician normally does. And then they figure out the best way to code it to be sure they're capturing all the services that the physician normally provides or could provide with that uh, particular service. And after they get that locked in, well, then you have your short list. And then the provider can actually check off the things they did at that particular operation. And they can mark on it exactly what should be billed and what should not be billed. And that will tell the, the billers exactly what to do. And the billers will know exactly which modifier to use. 
And this, it goes a long way in doing what I call a stitch in time saves nine. In other words, don't reinvent the wheel every time you do a procedure. You've got it already locked in as to what you're going to do with that procedure. You mark it at the end, and now you've captured everything. Okay, so that makes sense, and I know you've been you've been talking about that that sheet for many years and and how well it works. Um, so I imagine you can also use that sheet to go back and look at the 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 different things that were built and use that as kind of the you know not only the starting point when you start billing but also in your audits as well look for some of those similar codes and see if we missed anything based on the the, the code sets we identified is that is that right yes if you haven't been doing this in the past you can do it now and then that would be a good roadmap for the auditors to use to take a look at your past actions. All right. Well, maybe we can uh, give an example uh, on the episode page where they can just take a look at some of those code sets that may may be built together. Um, okay, second thing you had mentioned uh, was, uh, you said there was two. What was the second item that is kind of on these reports or missing from the reports rather? Well, the other one is is uh, in the action of the month, but it gets uh, hidden in the report, and those are contractual write-offs. In other words, you build it, you bill for the service, and the payer comes back, and for whatever reason, they say, we don't pay for that. And when you get that back on your EOB, why, if you just write that off, why then in the report, it shows that was a contractual write-off. In other words, you shouldn't have collected it because your contract won't allow it. But a lot of those denials are not accurate. In other words, you should have been paid for it, but maybe it was the wrong modifier or maybe it uh, didn't have the right diagnosis or maybe some of the information was missing. And, and so even though the report says it was a contractual write-off, you shouldn't have collected it, and therefore uh, you still gave you that high percent of collections, that is money that you should have been paid and you're not being paid. But is that really worth going back and, and refiling and trying to get that money back? Is it, is it that, are we talking about a lot of money or no? Yes, and it depends on the practice. We do a lot of AR work in our company in which we contract with a practice that we say, okay, we'll take a look at all your AR, all of the stuff that's still there, and we look at the contractual write-offs at the same time. And we come up with a lot of money Man. that... Uh, you've that's been written off or are are the were not appropriately submitted and all of that are monies that should be yours and who whose responsibility who would you put that on to 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 do this to go that's back? your that's your billing department you know it's one thing to submit a clean claim but the second thing is to be absolutely sure 
that you collect everything that you bill for that you should have been paid. So when an EOB comes back and it isn't paid, that should be evaluated and find out exactly why it wasn't paid. And, and the payers, uh, particular Medicare has stated that that EOB tells you a lot. And if they say, we don't pay for that, if you research it and find out they really don't pay for that, then you shouldn't bill it again. So you recommend doing it on every denial, looking at every, every denial? Every denial, every day. Wow. All right. Well, anything else you want to add to uh, the two hidden money losers or any other hidden money loser? Yeah, just the next time you look at your report, keep those two things in mind and and go back and review and be sure you are collecting 99 or 98% of what you should be collecting. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks, uh, Ray, for giving us this great information. And thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time. Yes. Happy coding, everyone. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music under his record label, Juicery, with Extra Pulp and Special Guests. 